Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. I'm your host, Jeremy Shear. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My guest today is one of our regulars, Matt Donovan, Chief Learning and Innovation Officer at GP Strategies. Matt, it is always great to have you on the show. Glad to be back. Always enjoy our conversations. In this episode, we're going to talk about future-facing learning strategies for what everybody is calling the next normal. And in fact, we're going to use FACE as an acronym, meaning F-A-C-E. We're going to use that as an acronym to guide our discussion. So let's get into it, starting with F, which stands for focus on the learners slash workers. And now, of course, in the pre-COVID world, focusing on learners was always a key part of any learning strategy, any good learning strategy, right? So how is focusing on learners different and maybe even more important now in our next normal? Yeah, I think there's a couple of dimensions in this. And I think the first one is probably what we're most aware of. And then I have just a, a heightened sensitivity or emphasis on employee well-being. As we all know, it's hard to focus on being able to, to learn or perform when even some of the basic needs we're struggling to have met, which is the opportunity to feel safe, to connect with others. And it's been a really challenging and a, and a struggle within that one. I think so. It, it's not just even you know, that we've been more learner-centric in our designs, it's now even taking into account emotionally, what are we going through? What are we sharing in our experience? And realizing that we may even need to break things up and more, have points where we're more sensitive to fatigue coming in. Just even the general bouts that we go through from stresses with even our normal weeks. So I think that's one dimension that really is saying, why do we really need to focus on learners? The second one is that as we've seen this, we've needed to learn new ways to collaborate new ways to work together, but it really starts with the individual at the point of performance and they're having to do a lot of problem solving there. So it's even more keenly and important to bring them into the ecosystem to help them solve, help them find what they need quickly to be able to learn and then get back to what they're doing. It, it helps not only drive engagement and relevance, but we're really needing to help them solve quickly the challenges we're all facing. So it's not just what we're going to provide for them, it's how we bring them into the experience and help them not only meet their needs, but share and, and meet the needs of their peers. So that focus mm -hmm. is really critical. Yeah, that makes sense. And you mentioned fatigue a couple of times. And I think we're all experiencing what some people call Zoom fatigue, or just the fatigue of even more than before, doing everything through the screen, which of course would apply to learning in what's happening right now. I mean, a lot of learning was probably going on screens before anyhow, but it's even, but all of that is exacerbated. I would think that would play into what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think we've got to be able to encourage that variability, even with mixing up the different types of ways we're engaging. So not just always on a video screen through a VILT. Are there other ways for us to connect through chat, through email, through phone calls, one-on-one, -on -one, through coaching, mentoring, peer groups. We've even started to work in opportunities to decompress as a group just to be able to connect even on the outside because that's some of the relief that we used to get. Uh, believe it or not, when we would come into work, we would have coworkers or others that we would connect with, vent, share. It seems a lot harder to do that when we're all of one of 30 on a line, those intimate 
connections with others, just to share, just to relax, just to blow off a little steam. Those are some of the things that we need to bring back into the variation. And, and that allows us to reset our brain, be open to new things. So it, it helps a lot. Yeah, that's a great point. I think we're all learning a bit just about how valuable those kind of those kind of interactions are. The the one-on-one, the casual conversation and so on. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on to the next letter, which is A, which stands for accelerate adoption of learning technology and analytics. So why is acceleration particularly important in this context? I think in our industry as a whole, we've we've been moving slowly to adopt what I would say some of the same levels of data analytics that feed the business side of the business. I think that's been one of the challenges that we've, we've been facing. And there have been some companies that have been slowly getting into that. But what we're seeing in, in, in order for a workforce to transform faster and be more purposeful in that transformation to achieve that, we need data that helps us make those right decisions on how we can either prove that it's working so we get insight into it or improve that it's going along. So what's going to be as we to respond to even just like COVID, we had to make some pretty quick business decision, which means the workforce needed to change. How quickly can we get in new solutions in place and then be able to change what's not working and shift or even as the environment changes doing that? Getting continuous getting continuous data feeds that are sustainable to help drive evidence-based decision-making. That's what we're talking about. And and it's not just a nice to have, it is really moved up into a need to have for organizations because this isn't going to be the last challenge that we're facing. We're going to continue to evolve and have to really change the way we connect with each other, connect with uh, population that we learn and share. Yeah. Another way to look at this might be that things are changing whether we like it or not, and they're changing in an accelerating pace. And so you got to be able to keep up with that. And I would think one challenge in terms of that kind of acceleration is moderating it so you don't get too far ahead or you don't start moving so quickly that you make mistakes that you otherwise might not make. That's the thing is that we're not going to be perfect. Nobody could predict exactly the impact of COVID. Some folks have said, yes, we're probably due for potentially a pandemic. You look back at cycles, some folks said, yeah, we could have predicted that. I don't know. But my point is that we couldn't have predicted the actual impact that it has. So we need to be able to get data so that we can, as things are unfolding, to make better decisions. That gets into a systemic look at the data and then the systems used to actually draw insights from that data when we've got it. Yeah. So you're making decisions based on knowledge rather than panic or emotion and so on. Yeah. What we think to be true versus what we're really seeing in the field. We all think we see or feel this, but what we're actually seeing is this. And there's a difference between perception and reality. And, and data helps us drive that. Yeah, that's why data matters. Okay, on to C, which stands for Create a Learner Experience Playbook. So first, what is a learner experience playbook? And why is creating that thing especially relevant now? I think this really comes out of what we've seen in the business side, where they really spend a lot of time when we think about understanding their customers and they start to create customer personas, customer segmentation. They start to build a customer experience playbook. In a very similar way, what we want to do is create for your organization, for key target audiences or or personas that you're pulling together, what is the desired experience, the criteria, the experience you want to have for them? Being able to define that, document that, and know how to measure that. And then as the need changes or you need to evolve, 
the outcomes, you're able to actually evolve the experience along with that. If we don't have it documented or well articulated, we're just changing things in general, trying stuff, but we're not really guided by it. Learner Experience Playbook allows us to set something and then adjust it and measure how well it's working and adjust again. Okay. So these are like learner personas, the same way you might have a customer persona. A learner persona is part of it. So that talks mm -hmm. about who's going to go through the experience. What the learner experience playbook says, here's the experience I want for that learner. Here's yeah, what okay. I want them to be. So you may, for example, if we were talking in, in the pharmaceutical side, you may talk about health outcomes for a patient. We know who the patient is, but here's what I want them to be able to do, feel differently in their lives as a benefit of getting you know these health outcomes. That's the, the life experience mapping. What we want to be able to do is to say, here's the desired learner experience. And then as those personas fit into that, they may either modify or tweak that experience. It's not always a one-to-one, -one, but a group of personas could go through that. When we build something, we can go back and say, does it work for the learner persona, but also does it align to our guide rails of what we wanted the learner experience to be? Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is opposed to a one-size-fits-all learner experience that yeah. no matter what persona you are, here it is. This is more tailored to the individual learner. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and it's more than we're trying to get what we want them to get to is what we want them to think and feel. Yeah. And experientially, we want to you know articulate what it is we want them to experience it as they're going through it. No more, more than just, mm -hmm. this is what I want them to know at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. To think about it more holistically yeah. in that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And finally, we are on to E, which stands for Evolve Your Learning Ecosystem. <laughs> so now ideally, before the pandemic hit, organizations were at least the ones that were, that were doing it right were constantly evolving their learning ecosystem based on the data based on the feedback and so on so what should that kind of evolution look like now in our current situation well i think it really gets into being able to i think innovate this really gets to innovation and what i mean around that innovation is still getting back to what's going to work through by actually gathering evidence that supports it not really this is not about the shiny object syndrome this is actually trying to say there are new tools coming out that will actually meet a range of needs but using them well designing for them is important pre-covid there were some folks that were adopting slowly some of these tools those that were actually practicing good innovation coming into it, we're actually more ready to able. So when we say, hey, we got to move virtual, some of them are already experimented and tried platforms to go from a face-to-face -to, -face to a virtual. They actually had more information and they were better able when they needed to move everything over there, they were better prepared to do it. So what this is really saying is that don't stop innovating invest now even if you haven't been you need to start moving that and it's really about understanding that ecosystem at gp strategies we're tracking over 140 platforms in 36 categories in the learning space and what we're looking at is how those come together to create that best in class learner experience most efficiently and then and then part of that efficiency is in all resources to build it for the, the learner experience to go through it and then as investment of, of time to other dollars amounts whether it's licensing or things what is the most efficient or efficacious way to get through that experience mm -hmm. all right we've covered a lot of ground great insight so let's sum it up a little bit Matt, you're always great at leaving our listeners with a pearl of wisdom, something that can they can put into action to start making this stuff happen right away. So let's hear it. 
it's never too late to face the future to pick up off the acronym. But I think the thing is that now is the time. And I know there's a lot of companies that are feeling pressures with costs. The, the economy's turned down. We're having some stresses and challenges. But now is the time to at least continue through those efforts to start getting better. Because when you do need to be more efficient or shift to a different delivery, you don't want to wait until the immediate needs there. You want to be planning for that. And I guarantee this isn't the last change we're going to be facing. This is really talking about being able to respond to critical changes in the business and helping the workforce transform to meet those changes. And there's no better time to start than now if you haven't been. Yeah, the time is now. Okay, Matt, thank you as always for a great discussion. And to all our listeners, thanks for listening. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.